Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we are joined all the way from Oslo, Norway by Sindre Christensen. This was a really good episode. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. He's a really thoughtful individual and we talk all things Oslo, psychology, photography. He has some great photos on his Instagram. He's really talented. And uh, yeah, just a really thoughtful individual. We talk about empathy and how our communities and world can benefit more from being more understanding and compassionate. A really good episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So you can follow him on Instagram at sindre.christensen. Let's begin. Welcome to Rich Conversations. Uh, today we're joined all the way from Oslo, Norway, Sindra Christensen. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Did you? Did I get your name right? How to pronounce it? You, you did. Well, you did. Uh, at least the English version of it. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's the Norwegian <laughs> uh, version of it? The Norwegian version would be Sindre Christensen. So it's wow. with the rolling R. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's. I can't do those rolling R's. Oh no, no, no! But it, it's it's really fine. Uh, How many people, languages do you speak? I only speak two. So I only speak Norwegian okay. and English. Uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, why don't you introduce yourself for listeners? Ah uh, yes. Well, my name is uh, Sindra. As I said, Sindra Kristiansen. I live in Oslo, uh, in Norway. I study psychology currently, and I used to work as a photographer and videographer before that yeah and yeah and i also um i'm also adopted from south korea so i came to norway when i was five months old uh to a norwegian family and had a very standard norwegian upbringing very fortunate what does a standard norwegian upbringing look like standard norwegian upbringing i guess um uh i would probably refer to uh, privileged and uh, lucky in the sense of, you know, um, freedom and rights. Uh, had a normal upbringing with with friends and the usual worries and ups and downs. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but quite worry free in terms of uh, what can happen in, in the world today. So, uh, well, so we have like this safe little cozy space corner here in Norway. I think. But now you're studying psychology. That'll get you into a messy, uh, messy mind area. It, it can, but uh, I also think it's quite interesting. Oh, you know, it's absolutely can, interesting. Yeah, and it can be quite important. And, and it's quite a shift from photography, what I'm used to. So it's more like um, uh, it feels uh, less, uh, less self-interested almost. It's more taking taking interest in other people than just what uh, my, uh, what I would like to express or communicate with photography. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. First, yeah. I want to yeah. dive into Oslo. What what's the culture of Oslo like? Uh, culture in Oslo, um, well, Oslo, well, Norway in general, I think is quite liberal, and so culture in. Um, Oslo, we do favor like solidarity, but also quite personal freedom. So uh, I think we have like a reputation, if you can call it that, uh, (laughs) of being a little bit uh, or appear a little bit standoffish or cold. Uh, We don't really interact with strangers that much, you know, so we don't sit down um, next to strangers on the on the bus or tram, things like that. It's more um, uh, respect of privacy, and yeah. but once we do get to know people, and uh, we're quite uh, warm and friendly, I think. Wow, yeah. I don't know if that answered the question, but <laughs> yeah, um, culture is a very vague term, I would say, but I feel like the characteristics is what I'm most interested in. The people and what kind of values and characteristics they have, which, which is 
what you're saying. So they're, they're kind of come across as cold until you get to know them. I think so. I, I mean, I'm, I remember that um, like musicians, they always, uh, um, I've seen in interviews when they, if they talk about Norway and being on a concert and performing for Norwegians can be quite uh, confusing for them a lot, a lot of the times, because most of the times we will just stand and listen and we're not like so so we're not emoting a, a lot we take it in we appreciate it and we maybe applaud and then we wait for the next song but it doesn't mean that we don't like enjoy it uh we do quite a lot but we're quite a a funny bunch like that i think and so but in a sense i think we we do value like i said uh, personal freedom uh, mm-hmm. I think we like, um, like collectively, I think we are all looking for like a s- safety uh, in our society. Uh, Norway is quite family oriented. Uh, so a lot of our efforts and uh, our uh, political agenda and all of that goes very much towards having a good family life, uh, okay. having enough time for family and recreation, things like that. Yeah. That sounds pretty important. It's a good thing yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> value. What? How would you describe the difference between Norway and Sweden and other Scandinavian countries in the uh, region? Right. I mean, I think, I think culture-wise, we're quite similar, to, uh-huh. to be honest. You know, even though we might not like to admit that because it is that, like, friendly rivalry. But... Um, when it comes to, um, I think perhaps, you know, like without, I'm not going to assume uh, anything because I'm not an expert on either Sweden or Denmark, but I think that um, Sweden might be a little bit more um, daring in taking chances on more innovative cultural things. You know, like the, Sweden mm. have been famous for, uh, for music and movies at least compared to Norway. So they might be, might have like an like an, um, advantage right there that they're more, um, uh, I don't know if they're willing to take risks is, is the right term for it, but uh, perhaps more, uh, more open to the creative part, at least. So like more creatively ambitious? I think so. I think so. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but uh, that's the impression at least that I have. But in terms of culture and uh, where their values lie, I think it's quite similar uh, for all Scandinavian countries. Wow. Huh. I feel like, well, I'll ask you about that in a second. But first, I want to know if you have an open day, how would you choose to spend it? Uh, if I have an open day, I mean, um, I do have quite a few open days now that I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm quite a homebody. So I, I spend a lot of time at home. Um, I do, uh, cater to my own like, community that I've created, uh, through, through social media, things like that. But if I do go out, I think I like to Norway has, or at least I also has this great opportunity of combination between city life and nature so you can take like the subway right to the forest and you go off on station and it's just um, greenery and lakes and all around like no city and uh and there is you can also take a bus to hiking trails that is like right by so it's it's a nice mesh between nature and city and convenience so uh, I think I, I do like to go out like that. I also like to go to the cinemas a lot, though. Uh, okay. And, uh, well, currently, you know, like with the situation, I haven't been yeah. uh, able to go go out that much. Yeah. But COVID. Uh, yeah. But uh, when possible, also pop by exhibitions. There's usually always some small little art gallery that is, has something to exhibit. And that's always nice because because everything is so small, you know, it's easier to get in contact, to to talk to them, to artists and people and the curators. 
so that's that's always interesting as well. Wow, those are some cool stuff. Do would you say that yeah. public transportation is pretty accessible in Norway? Um, it, well, in Norway in general, perhaps not. We're still very much of a car country, but okay. uh, and also because the terrain in Norway is so uh, yeah ragged and you know it's a lot of mountains and uh, weird passages so but despite that we do have like uh, train connections to most of the uh, places uh, in Norway uh, when it comes to Oslo I think isn't it like that public transport could always be improved but yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, I think I think it's I think it's okay but um um but yeah, no, no uh, I guess, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, um, I haven't had any um, major problems with it, at least. Yeah. Um, in the States, we're very much a car country, unless if you live in one of the like big areas like i live in chicago and the public transportation there's so many different options for public transportation but like you said like it, it can always get better and so mm. we often talk about like european public transportation and everything's so much more condensed and like the trains seem a lot faster and more state-of-the-art and uh, uh smooth oh. uh, uh in europe you mean or yeah compared or in- to the U- u.s Oh, well, I haven't, and you know, I don't have that much experience with public transport in, in the U.S. I've only been to the U.S. Uh, uh, a couple of times, but also in the, like the major uh, uh, tourist uh, places. Which, and, which spots are those? New York? Well, New York, uh, L.A., and uh, uh, went to Orlando as, as well. Um, okay. Did you go to the uh, Universal in Orlando? Uh, Universal Studios or Disney, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went there for Fourth of July, actually. Uh, which was Recently, great. No, it's been a while. I um, it was back in, I think, it was back in two thousand and four. So it's quite some time. Okay, ago. yeah, it's quite some uh, time ago. Yeah, yeah. What's, um, so what kind of uh, what kind of movies are you watching when you go to the cinema? Oh, um, it depends. I mean, uh. I'm very much because I studied film when I was younger. Uh, I'm very much interested in all types. So I'm. Um, I don't have like a particular favorite genre. I think um, it depends what's on. Whatever piques my interest, and it can be art house movies, but it can also be like major blockbuster <laughs> movies as well. Uh, sometimes it's nice to just uh, have some escape. I think from the everyday mm-hmm. and. Uh, let the mind rest a little bit and just like take everything in. Um, yeah. So kind of depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah. Um, and also what's available, obviously. But uh, yeah, so lately, the last one I saw was actually uh, a 80s manga movie, uh, Akira, uh, which was like a remastered version which was set up like for a one-time thing but oh, interesting but yeah no so it's a it can be can be anything really yeah it seems like you're you're somebody who really explores their interests it seems yeah, like you, you kind of know what you like like you're very intentional about what you consume and what you yeah i well i think i will always have least try to give something a go you know like if there is some if i'm unfamiliar with something i do like to try to understand and and uh explore it see you know just to see if if it is something for me or not and but i i do like variety i don't think i like to be stuck in one place or one genre so to speak not only with like movies but in things in general and uh, I think that's also why I, I, if I look at my resume, that it appears maybe that I'm like all over the map. But I think okay. it's because there's a lot of different interests that I have. Yeah. And if I had the time and opportunity and uh, 
brain capacity. I would love to, you know, study so many more subjects and have so much more time to just, uh, just learn, I think. What are some of those other subjects besides psychology and photography and cinema and art? Oh, there's a lot of... <laughs> those are like four things of, right there. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things in, uh, in science I think I would, would like to explore. Uh, okay. If I had, like, if I had been a smarter individual, I would probably love to learn more about neuroscience and, and astrophysics uh, or physics in general. I think it's fascinating because I don't really understand it that well. <laughs> so it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting uh, for me. But I, I also would love to learn more crafting things. Uh, uh, sewing, I think it's quite interesting. Sewing, uh, okay. Yeah, I would love to do something more with my hands as well. Uh, but but yeah, there, there's always something that I find interesting. And, but, you know, you can't, can't study everything. Yeah. Big. I don't know. Some would dare to, to, to oppose that. But um, <laughs> if someone were spending a day in Oslo, what would you recommend them to do? Uh, if they were to spend a day um, in Oslo, um, I think, um, I think I, like I said, I, I would definitely recommend doing some of the nature scenes. Because uh, you can get quite a nice view of Oslo, but I think, um, I mean, it, it, this is probably not possible for everyone. But if you like know someone from Norway or Oslo, to spend time with uh, with them and their friends and hang out like uh, locally, mm -hmm. uh, that would be probably the most ideal. But if you want to just take in the city. I would probably advise them to go down to the harbor called Akebrygge uh, um, okay. and just sit in and take in uh, the cultural life, you know, and just to, just see the behavior of the Oslo people. Uh, it can be quite relaxing, actually. I do like to go down uh, to the harbor area and just sit and observe, uh, especially if it's like a nice day. But, you know, there, there are other tourist sightseeing things like the Viking Museum and, uh, you know, go to the castle, things like that. Is a castle? But, well, it is technically um, a palace, I will, I will say, the, the, the royal palace. But uh, it might not be that, um, <laughs> it might not be that uh, grand as the ones in, in the UK and things like that. But... Uh, but we do have it, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, Oslo on here, Google Images. Right, right. And uh, the architecture is very fascinating because it's at one point it's very what you think of with Scandinavian architecture, like very minimal and kind of like abstract and like uh, simple and functional, like IKEA in a way. And, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, too, there's like it's like colorful and like tight and I don't know, older, just like, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, Terrible I think, job of describing think, it, but. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I think Oslo has like this weird mix of um, traditional and modern. Uh, yes. Because, because we, you know, like before Norway found oil, basically, before we became like a oil industry nation, uh, most of our most of our um, uh, buildings in Oslo came around late 1800s when after the industrial area and then we were sure. kind of like a farm country for quite some time uh, okay. and so from the 70s and 80s things kind of escalated and then from uh, from 2000s and upwards uh, new buildings started to pop off like really quickly and yeah. uh, so there's a lot of new architecture, new modern buildings, and but it's still we're still not going full skyscraper mode. You know, th there's still some regulations. They still want to keep some form of aesthetics of the city. Uh, but I, as I do like that, it's yeah, it's a little bit of everything. It seems. Yeah, that's a really 
cool thing to experience like that that old charm with kind of new bold visions oh yeah. i'm sorry i think you dropped out a little oh, bit oh uh it's interesting with the you have like the old charm but you then you have the bold kind of innovative pushing boundaries architecture wise yeah i think um the company that did our opera house uh, also did the uh, design for the the 911 memorial in new york uh, really the, yeah from the twin towers uh, uh it's called snow hetta i think the company was called uh and so they have done quite a lot of interesting architecture as well uh, here are north. you into architecture uh i am it, well, not I. I'm not super familiar with it. I do like it, but I'm not like um, hardcore into the architecture lore. <laughs> but um, but I was uh, actually to become an architect when I was younger. That was like the goal, or at least my really? dad's goal. Yeah, and uh, but I do like our architecture. I do like uh, design and structure, and that's why also uh, photography veered into. Uh, interior and and um, uh, and more buildings rather than people. Yeah, you're more interested in people. Right now, I am. Yeah, right sure. now. Right but now. but I think you know, like uh, with psychology, I am very fascinated about human behavior and uh, yeah, and just uh, how how we are and how we interact as humans mm -hmm. um but i do think i like to pref to observe it uh rather than to be right in the mix and i think that's also reflective of how i work so as a photographer i you know i do like to observe and just to uh, be a little bit in the background and get like an overview so i think that yeah. has that has kind of followed from photography. I was never like a good portrait photographer. Uh, I, I'm not, honestly, <laughs> I'm not interested in portrait photography. I like, I, your photos stick out to me because you're, you kind of take photos the way I would take photos. And that's just like, I just want to get like a symmetrical framing of this space, whatever it may be with you. It seems like, your photos kind of, there's like a, a, if it's a square, right? There's like a, a middle that kind of veers like perspective wise. And yeah, it's, it's I, like all kind of one, not color, but kind of, um, I can tell you're influenced by these like darker colors. And then even in your background right now, you kind of, it mirrors kind of your photography on your, your page. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch quite the last bit. It was dropping out a little bit. Oh, yeah. So like your background right now kind of mirrors kind of the aesthetic of of your uh, your phot photography on your page. Right. Well, that's interesting. I, well, I, I, I think I think I do. Uh, well, I did kind of compose this and, and how I wanted to set up because I use it for streams. But uh, when it comes to photography, I think uh, what I uh, what I kind of go for is it, it, the composition just has to feel right for me. You know, like uh, yeah, um, there is I can I can walk down <clears throat> excuse me um, I can walk down a street and f something will catch my eye. I'm not really sure what it will be and can be different things. And sometimes I will try to take photos uh, for um, for quite some time and it just doesn't work. And also some some mm. things is just like a, um, a kind of like a false idea of what can be good. But once you find like the image, I guess uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, a famous French photographer uh, who's kind of coined the phrase, the decisive moment, uh, mm. is like the exact moment you have to take the picture. And if you don't get that, it's kind of gone forever. And it's a little bit like that, but obviously I don't have like humans in or people to, uh, 
um, to take into consideration when it comes to that, which is much more harder when it comes to decisive moments. Hmm. But so when I do take pictures of buildings, uh, I will spend quite some time getting the right composition. And I know that I can crop it and skew it and Photoshop it afterwards, but I do prefer to do all the work before I actually take the picture. Yeah, I like, I'm looking at your, your photos right now. Right. <laughs> I like that. They're interesting to me. Well, thank you. Thank you. They are, um, many of them are just like, uh, you know, Instagram photos, I will say. Um, What's the difference and, between an Instagram photo and like a photography photo? Um, well, you can be a lot more creative, I think, in with Instagram. Um, Instagram is also quite forgiving. You know, like if you do mm. you have some mistakes in your image, if you do fine art images or uh, for exhibitions, you know, you usually print them quite large. It has to be good quality of it. Yeah. Uh, both on the print and uh, the image. So you don't have any room for mistakes when you're going to print large. Instagram, uh, it's quite forgiving because it's small and it's on a screen. Yeah. And so People are going to see it for five seconds and that's it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, I think I'm more daring with Instagram. Uh, okay. And, but I still have some, I don't know, I, my, my Instagram account, uh, I think will be very, because um, I remember I, I, I went to Instagram when I first started in 2012, I think it's been nine years yeah. on Instagram now. Yeah. And I remember when it started out that uh, it was uh, four images in the width of it. And it changed down to three. And I remember so many people who uh, based uh -huh. their ga gallery on four with images. And when they uh -huh. changed it to three, it completely messed their, their <laughs> system up. So I, I wonder if, if it's going to happen again. My, my Instagram page is going to have to be revamped. That was something I was going to say. It seems like you do your photos in threes. Uh, well, like a theme um, of threes in a way. Yeah, that's the. It's mainly because that's the width of it. So it it it. Yeah. I do try to find like a triptych, uh, like three images that will fit together. But um, very rarely will I take three images that are intended for three images uh, set together in Instagram. So mm -hmm. many of the three that you will see has been taken with years apart. I uh, noticed that, like this one. Here you're in France or nice Nice, France, mm -hmm. right? And then Paris and then Berlin. And it's cool because you're in like a bedroom looking out. And, All right, uh, right. You right, have right. like the sky and the buildings of the city. That's cool. Yeah. So it's um so I for a long time I used to like go through all the archives and try to find things that will would fit uh together just aesthetically. Um but also yeah, it was it was more of a fun uh, idea because I do like, like you said, with uh, the buildings and the symmetry and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I you have some in nature and yeah, there's a lot of weird things on. on my you got Instagram. a lot of different uh, yeah types in here. That that one's wild. What is uh, Lustry? Is that a place? Uh, which one? It looks like a. Um, oh, that is um, from a cruise liner that goes from um, Oslo to Kiel in Germany. Uh, a friend of mine used to work on this cruise liner and uh, was able to provide me with some free trips now and then. So this is oh, uh, nice. looking looking up on the lights from where the elevators and stuff are. It's kind of like in the middle of the ship. Um, I, I just like the, the, the lights and the lines of it. Yeah. The lights and the lines are very striking in them. Yeah. It looks almost like, um, something you would see in like, like, uh, like the 1920s, 
of like technology and like lit up. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, I always find like, um, I thought, you know, like there's a huge influence in kind of aesthetics have been uh, neo-noir. Yeah, um, noir. I was going to so, ask if you watched like film noir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I mean, not not tons of it, but I do like the aesthetic of it. And uh, neo-noir in terms of like Blade Runner and from that late 70s, uh, early 80s era, era um, it's been quite striking to me. And and also, the I think, if not the movies, at least the aesthetic style of 80s James Cameron with the blue and black tones has been okay. like a big influence. I do like uh, uh, a cold colored temperature to my images. As you can see, most of them are yeah. quite blue. Yeah. Yeah, they're really interesting. Yeah, so for those listening, Christensen is the instagram handle you can see some cool yes. cool photos uh what thank you what first you mentioned a little bit about what got you interested in psychology to study it um were there any books that influenced you um well the um i i think my i think my interest in photography just came through through observation in everyday life. It wasn't so much from literature, I think. That came afterwards, you know, when you okay. first start to study it. But um, I think after I done after I did photography for uh, for quite some years, it felt to me, well, I, I fell I fell sick, so I had to change careers. I was kind of like forced into it because I had to travel a lot for photography. Okay. And so I needed to find like a new career and it felt to me that um, photography was such a, um, uh, it felt very much like this is an outward from me kind of uh, expression or a way of communicating. Yeah. It was very one directional. And because of that, I felt that it was um, almost, um, I'm not saying that photography as a trade or uh, photographers in general are like this but it from uh, at least for me it felt very self-serving in, in a lot of ways yeah and i think as i grew older the change into um interest and well-being in other people okay uh, took uh, took precedence over that and i felt like psychology was part of just um to get to learn more about people, but mm. also um, perhaps by chance uh, or if possible to at least help someone. Uh, and I felt that was, felt that was more important uh, at that moment. What are, so, what, are, what are some concepts in psychology that really strike you? Um, perception, I think. Ah. perception uh, based on both introspection but also perception of uh, how we view the world and other people in general and how uh, widely different it can be depending on the individual and their background and experience and the way they are thinking the um, uh, genetics of how our mind is put together there's a lot of difference in the way we perceive and observe and act in the world and I think a lot of it is, well, it's interesting, but it's also um, potential, uh, potential trap for miscommunication. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to that perception and communication is probably what I, uh, uh, what I find the most interesting uh, with the psychology. There is tons of different interesting fields in psychology, but that's at least what my, uh, where my core lies at, I think, communication. So do you think the world would kind of be better off or even like our own communities, right? Um, as big or small as they may be, the importance of taking a step back and understanding that these are just my perceptions of the world. They aren't necessarily reality. And I have to be 
considerate that other people have different perceptions and views, right? Yeah. Well, I think, I think tolerance and the understanding that you, I think from an early age, uh, we tend to view and regard the world from our own uh, perspective and solely yeah. and purely from that. And we can, we can learn about other people, but we'll still filter it through our own moral compass, our own uh, perception again of what's what's right and wrong what would i like you know like people can do what they want but as long as they don't um, um, uh, uh, like hurt other people and things it, it goes through your your filters yeah. so to speak uh, but to really kind of understand the diversity and the complexity of, of human beings i think that capability of understanding uh, or at least um, yeah understanding that we do perceive the world uh, or can perceive the world quite differently and concepts in general uh, what's right and wrong and so um, in sorry I lost my thread <laughs> so how do you how do you get more people to understand that that we're all kind of filtering the world through our own. I um, think um, filter in a way. Yeah, yeah I mean, I um, I don't think I have like to, like a great solution to to um, to shape the world. Uh, I would try my best to make sure that I communicate what I want as precise and correctly as I as I can. Uh, I do like to like turn every stone and to find every angle i'm not always uh, able to do that but to the best of my ability that's that's what i'm aiming for at least and if i can do that and perhaps um influence like some other people then that's kind of like a little uh a step in the right direction perhaps i do think there's a lot of things to be improved when it comes to educational systems uh, in terms of philosophy and, okay. and psychology and the ways, ways we think and how we think and what we're used to and how we are used to um, or the norm for how we are supposed to think. And I think it's easy to introduce psychology on a basic level of raising awareness of self-awareness and others awareness from quite mm -hmm. an early age without it being imposed as uh, some indoctrination of something weird <laughs> and yeah uh, and so I think psychology even philosophy should be uh, part of a curriculum from an early age uh, what kind of philosophy I, do you have any examples um, I think uh, not to not to again, not to impose a specific moral philosophy, but the ability that there are moral philosophies, mm -hmm. and that uh, by now there are several different ones, uh, just to have all the all the information spread out from an mm -hmm. early age from children, because I think kids are quite perceptive. They're quite smart, and yeah. uh, uh, probably a lot more than we give them credit for. So I think if you implement that in a, in a, in a wise and clever and non-intrusive way, uh, uh, it, it might help a little bit, but who knows? Yeah. What's the education in, system like in Norway? Uh, well, we do have um, the standard European thing with universal uh, uh, or, or free, free uh, education. So, uh, we do start like with everyone like the primary education it's um i think it's fairly normal i would say yeah i'm trying to figure out if like yeah. it's how different it is from american systems um, i'm not sure if it's that much different um yeah go through primary and then middle school and high school and then it's college you know to but just the uh, the stepping stones of it, but is in terms college of paid for in, in Norway. 
yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's free. But you can also go to private schools if you want to. But they're still okay. far cheaper than than in the states. Yeah. And, um, and it's kind of more common to go to universities like state universities, which are kind of also regarded as better universities than the the private ones, and, Interesting. and harder to get into as well. Okay. So, um, but the educational system like that, in terms of that, everyone has the opportunity to to do whatever they want, um, uh, is quite. Um, yeah, it's it's a good. Uh, they have a good offer here. So do, so, I feel like uh, Scandinavian countries are like the few countries that do do that, paid for uh, secondary education, or is that Europe too? I think it's Europe in general. Okay. Um, Europe uh, in general has uh, free um, free education uh, for the most part. But I guess there are other countries that are probably more lucrative private schools as well. But um, as a as a general general rule of thumb, the education is free. And I mean, in Norway, it is. I say it is free, but you know, like you have to pay for um, uh, books and stuff yourself. But yeah, but like um, okay, but you you get like student loans, which um, you are entitled to have, no matter your background and everything like that as long as you get into the school uh-huh. you you can have a student loan and you can you can get um uh i think it's up to eight years that they will okay. provide um a tuition tuition fees if you if you're going to a private school um but if you're going to a state university uh it doesn't cost you anything, but sometimes people take student loans just to have money to, uh, like pocket money, yeah, to to live. That's interesting because the the college experience in America seems much different than in Europe. There's a oh, lot yeah. of there's a lot of discussion about it over here about like student loan debt and just what is what are people actually going to school for um right right interesting conversation the american so culture is interesting over here i think so too i think we could have like a whole another type of interior conversation about yeah that. and because uh, i'm also like highly fascinated about uh, uh america not only the educational system but america and culture in general so and it's quite on display so to speak you know um it's one of the things America has been really good at for, you know, for better or worse is uh, marketing and yeah. marketing uh, culture. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's kind of like in, in everyone's um, on everyone's minds and in everyone's face. So you kind of like at one point have to take a stand on it or uh, you don't have to, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will have some, um, opinions about it i guess yeah Yeah. people are more and more voicing their opinions not necessarily like on social media but just like in conversations like private conversations right right to me that's more fascinating than like people posting stuff on social media about it because there's a lot more depth i feel like with private conversations about some of this stuff yeah oh for sure. I th- um, what else? I think when it comes to uh, uh, yeah, I think I think we are very curious about what happens around around us. Uh, and yeah, like what happens but, next. Yeah, but also it's it's so um, we are being flooded with so much information these days that it's um, you know it seems that people yearn for a little. Uh, pauses and breaks in the everyday yeah. now uh, more so than than we used to how do you go about it? so you you're studying psychology and I, you're probably aware of the impact that say social media or all this information has how do you go about navigating your own life um 
and being intentional about what you consume? Oh, I think I fall into a lot of social media traps like any other <laughs> individual. Um, but I, I think I tend, I was probably more, um, uh, more outspoken on, not, not in terms of like you know, politics and things like that, but uh-huh. uh, ideas and my own thoughts. Uh, I think I wrote a lot more um, uh, a few years back than I do now. Okay. Um, but in terms of, um, I mean, uh, when when the pandemic hit, uh, it was a lot of uh, news that I consumed in general. Okay. But I do like to, I do like to read. I think I have at that point I had like. 15 different news sources to okay. compare uh, because news in general is also quite fascinating when it comes to psychology as well. And as you say, and how we, and how much it kind of controls our, again, our perception uh, yeah. of the world. Um, and so, yeah, maybe to go back on what's, important or what I find interesting with uh, psychology is also critical thinking I think this is also probably mm. something we uh, should uh, explore more not well, to be overly cynical in our crit- yeah. critical thinking but uh, critical enough to understand that like I said with perception can differ and yeah elaborate more on critical thinking like when you say critical thinking what are you imagining i think um when it comes to critical thinking not just in terms of what you encounter uh of information that is given to you but also critical thinking and how you yourself process that information so meaning that um if i read something that either upsets me or cheers me on because it it kind of confirms what i always thought or believed or something yeah yeah i think the critical thinking comes partly in the fact that i you know i might be wrong and i think that's kind of what drives me is that i um that i i don't like to be bombastic and very firm and resolute in everything that i say i think there's always chance for that i'm either wrong or the or the either the values or uh, how I view the world now will will change, and and I kind of like that progress as well. Uh, it means to me it means growth. So critical thinking is just that. Um, yeah, take everything a little bit with a grain of salt, but yeah, or at least be patient enough to find out more about yeah. something if if you firmly believe something like 100% then challenge it yeah you know that's a good that's a good mode of thought like or a good uh, test for oneself it's like trying to think yeah, about it doesn't doesn't mean you have to change your mind on it yeah but at least to if it's such a conviction that you you don't see any other um possibilities that you might be wrong i some alarm bells will go off for me at least then yeah um, yeah yeah that can be humbling that's a hum- yeah, humility I, yeah, is such a good thing yeah that's a that's, a, that's a good word for it because i think like if i have the exact same views on life and values um in like 20 30 years i think i would have done something wrong because yeah. It's not to say that I'm, my values are gonna today are necessarily wrong or heinous or mean or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But as we evolve, I mean, history has shown us that standards and norms that was only like 20, 30 years ago is quite different than it was than it is today. Yeah. And at that time, we felt like, well, this is the right way of living. You know, this is yeah. the right way of we are being good and wholesome and empathetic people and then and more things were uncovered and more uh, subgroups came forth and it was like okay we're 
maybe not as inclusive as we thought we were. Yeah. And so I think realizing that is um, crucial to keep going to constantly make life better for not just yourself, but, mm -hmm. but um, as many people as possible. Yeah, it reminds me of this. Uh, one of my favorite books is But What If We're Wrong by Chuck Klosterman. Oh. And he looks at this idea of looking at the present as if it were the past. Because we, in the moment, in the present, we, we think we, we're kind of arrogant in like how much we think we know. But then if we look, it's like if we put ourselves in the future, what are we going to be <laughs> thinking about right yeah. now, you know? Uh, yeah exactly so i think that's uh that's spot on what i mean is that uh um, there's always like i said there's always room for improvement doesn't mean that we are um uh we shouldn't be content with anything in the present you know there's mm -hmm. a, tons of things that we uh, should be happy and grateful for but at the same time we can always push for more because there's still suffering there are still people who are uh, having really hard times and so uh, there's still work to be done yeah absolutely what's something you're curious about recently um i think that i'm always curious uh to at least a, a certain extent but um to, to go in a very very uh <laughs> um maybe not so interesting path is that I've been very, I've always been interested in cooking. I like, uh, I like food and I like okay. exploring different cuisines. So um, things that has been quite, that I've been curious about lately is probably Korea actually, my, where, where I came from. Really? Uh, Cause my entire life, uh, I grew up as a Norwegian. I am uh, probably, like a stereotype Norwegian when it comes to my mindset. Yeah. You know, like a, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I had a very, like a very Norwegian upbringing. And even though my parents were uh, quite open about the adoption and, and all mm -hmm. of that, um, I didn't take that much interest in it because not really sure exactly why, but some of it might be, a protection thing or that you want to shape your identity to not be as different and yeah. that you want to fit in and uh with your norwegian life things like that so maybe that's why i distanced myself a little bit from it when i was younger but uh, recently i think uh, both with uh, uh, korean culture and cuisine and stuff has been interesting to me i've been curious to learn more about it uh, so are you so cooking think, then? Are you trying this stuff out? I well, yeah. I mean, or I, just I'm, eating I, it. Come somewhere and eat it. <laughs> no, I, I do. I do cook, and I love to cook. Um, and so, uh, been trying to find like the right ingredients and all of that. But, um, but I have a, a very good friend who uh, who knows uh, Korean, who um, also uh, speaks the language, and and. And, and knows the culture and have been living in in Seoul for also for quite some time. So um, I've gotten a lot of insight from that, mm -hmm. and it kind of piqued my interest more on it as well. Okay. And also, I feel like Korea has had a, a certain um, should I say um, presence lately. Uh, in your life in terms of uh no i think in like in the world in general with mm. um uh well i think like k-pop and k-dramas have been again like one of the things that uh, america was has been really good at you know pushing yeah. pop culture and showing if not maybe entirely accurate at least a uh, part of the culture um, yeah i think korea has gone uh, in that direction it seems you know like they they promote a yeah. lot of uh, Korean culture and heritage through uh, movies, television, and and music. Yeah, I, it's something I'm curious about. Is is uh, Seoul? It seems like, um, yeah, kind of like you're saying. Like it's just seems. 
like I, I, I stumbled across, I sometimes go on these uh, Wikipedia rabbit holes. So oh, yeah. I'll set aside like, I used to do this. I should get back to doing it. So aside like 40 minutes and then I just go on Wikipedia and then just see what I find for like 40 minutes. Oh. And one time I came across this oh, global cities index and, and Seoul is like very high up on the global cities index. And so this, the global city index is basically like this, uh, it's like this list of cities and this kind of ranking based on like 30 different factors, like economics, art, culture, right, diversity, right. all these things. And Seoul is like right up there. It's really interesting. It's been, it's having quite like a, a revolutionary change, I think, uh, in, in Korea, the last, uh, probably 15 15 years or maybe even more it's been quite a modernization uh, it seems yeah uh from traditional uh from traditional ways but then again i'm i'm not an expert on on korea so i shouldn't be assuming things but it seems to be at least in seoul and and the and greater cities that yeah. there's the change for modernization uh more liberal rights things like that have you been a soul i have not i'm not but i i want to go uh, at one point but i i think i want to go for a longer period i'm going to plan okay. it a little bit better okay yeah my camera sometimes goes out like that uh we're back I see. Yeah. <laughs> um where where have you all traveled to are there and then are there places besides korea you'd like to travel to uh oh i i think i always want to travel you know yeah. like uh it's such a privilege to be able to travel i try to be a little bit more environmental conscious about travel but okay. um but so when i when i i worked uh, as a photographer i lived in uh, berlin and i also lived in vienna in austria and wow. it was it was a quite a lot easier to get around with buses and trains when you're in okay. uh, in Central Europe. But uh, when you live in Norway, most of the times you have to fly and uh, take a plane. But I think one of the most interesting places that I've been to was probably in Cuba. Uh, really? We went there when I studied uh, photography. So it was part of like a school trip. And okay. so we interacted with a Cuban uh, school uh, and their students. And so we had like a photography project with them. And we kind of got to learn a lot about this. Uh, and then this was before it was kind of like open uh, mm. for for the U.S. again. Mm -hmm. So because this was back in 2010, I think. Okay. And so that was quite interesting to learn more about it because I didn't really know that much about Cuba and so that was that was fascinating on multiple levels um just to learn about it and and also see the culture you know not okay. just like the political um yeah uh, yeah like the everyday you know, the, life of people yeah exactly and how yeah and how different that was compared to your perception again of uh because of the, the government and what you are fed by with news and 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 all of that so it was quite different so that was interesting um i also found it super interesting to travel to tokyo in japan oh what's tokyo uh, like tokyo is mad i mean in a good way yeah um it's first of all it's massive like i know in, in america has like tons of big cities you you live in a, a huge one yourself uh, Tokyo is um, Tokyo is different though. <laughs> it's a different type of beast, you know. Like, uh, but highly structured and ordered, uh, you know. Okay. So it's it's more, um, yeah. It, it was um, it's probably one of the cleanest city I've seen, you know. Like uh, in terms mm. of, um, yeah. It, it it was it was fascinating. The culture is fascinating. Um, yeah, I would love to go back. And I haven't, uh, I was there a long time ago. 
It was back okay. in 2000, 2007 or eight. You know, okay. like it's, it's a long time ago. I would love to to return. Uh, I think other places that I haven't been to yet um, would probably be. Um, I would love to go to Peru, and oh, yeah. and Galapagos Islands. I think would be interesting. Okay. And uh, even though it's quite close, I, I I would love to go back to Greece. Actually, Greece. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just for like a relaxing okay. <laughs> vacation, not so much uh, cultural input, just to just to go to Santorini or something, just to just to chill out and 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 feel life, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, before we wrap up here, can you tell me more about your uh, your streaming? Oh, um, well, yeah, well, again, yeah, it's <clears throat> so I stream I stream on Twitch. I started streaming on Twitch in in June this year. Okay, uh, so I haven't been streaming long, but um, I. I think I wanted to do YouTube for quite some time. Okay. And I tried to film myself, but I just couldn't stand my own voice. I couldn't, you know, <laughs> everything that I said, you know, when I was going to edit, it was like, stupid oh, me. Just, yeah, this is, this is terrible. This is awful. And there were so many ums and ahs. And yeah, I, I yeah. just couldn't, couldn't stand it. And as uh, so all props to, to everyone who can, can do that. Um, so, and then I went on Twitch. Uh, uh, I've been on Twitch for about a year and a half, just as a viewer and okay. uh, interacting with certain smaller streamer communities. And I wasn't planning on streaming at all. I think the thought came to me when a friend of mine, uh, the one who uh, taught me about Korea as well, mm-hmm. uh, said, "You know, you should you should stream." And I said, well, I don't really do games. You know, I don't play games. So I, I do play some games, but not, I'm not good at them. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to stream games. And, but now that Twitch has like this just chatting category, um, okay. I felt like maybe I could do more podcast-ish type streams, talk about certain topics that I would want to talk about uh, with maybe a psycho- uh, psychology inc- or angle on it. Okay. Um, and... So that's kind of what I wanted to do to create some form of little or a small community where we can have like a little safe haven where we can talk yeah. about everything. And even though my intentions were to talk a lot more about psychology, it turned into just a nice cozy place. We just hang out uh, everyone as friends yeah. and have a good time. So I do stream twice a week. And uh, and even though it's not a career goal for me, it's more like a hobby or an interest. Yeah. Um, I think that also takes a little bit of the pressure off it as well for me. Yeah. I'm able to just relax and have a good time. So, so yeah. And I I think I think this is also maybe what I'm curious about as a recent time is. Um, is that form of dynamic and interaction as well. Because that was completely new to me and how different it was to be just a viewer compared to being a streamer okay. and, and how you interact with people. I, I think that was also fascinating. I think it's something that is quite stigmatized today, you know, because when you think of streaming, you think of, you already have concepts in your mind. And if you don't, and you're being explained that well, people do play games and people watch them and interact. And so, like, well, that's that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> why would you want to watch that? And and I think this is you know a lot of the things with gaming in general. Now that not that I do gaming, but with Twitch, is that um, when you hear that, well, why would you want to watch people play games? Why don't you play them yourself? And it's, well, people do it's that not about too, the game, but it's is it? like uh, but it's like community but also the fact that you know people watch sports events on tv all the time you can also yeah. go out to play football by you know like yeah. but you choose to be entertained i think that's the same concept of it uh, 
yeah there's entertainment but also um the social aspect of it you can find yeah. your community you can find people that you um uh, yeah you can find friendship basically and you don't necessarily feel alone uh so much if you if you hang out there yeah that's probably the most important thing about it is like in the world the more people feeling less alone is a good thing absolutely and i think i think that's also going to be more um of an issue as we you know as we dive further into the online life mm-hmm. of feeling that uh, solitude and, and loneliness mm-hmm. and i think also we got like a huge taste of it from the lockdown yeah so, absolutely yeah it will be fascinating it will be fascinating absolutely absolutely uh well thanks for coming on this has been a lot of fun i really enjoyed this Thank you. It's been very, very uh, enjoyable for me too. And thank you for having me. Yes. And uh, remind people again where they can find you and follow you. Uh, well, on Instagram, they can follow, like you said, Sindred.Christiansen. Uh, it's really hard to spell. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, and my Twitch channel is the same, but instead of the, um, the dot, it's uh, an underscore. Sindra underscore Christiansen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Sindre at sindre.christensen. Have a thoughtful day.